1: This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can
2: you believe this? <laughs> no, I
1: can no It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off
2: to the races, and he stays on his feet. It's just going to
1: go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath.
0: Welcome, everybody. It is Monday, July 18th, and training camp is starting. The Bills, Bills. Yeah. It is. I couldn't believe it. The <laughs> The Bills and the Raiders reporting to trading camp today. How about that? Welcome to football season. I actually, I swear, I was just driving this morning and just got so fired up for fantasy football. I just cannot wait to do some drafts. I have uh, intentionally taken so long to make my Scott Fishbowl picks because I am trying to prolong the process. I'm just enjoying it so much. Uh, But now I'm really excited for for football and for fantasy football and training camp is upon us. So this is a great time of year. Uh, Heath is here. I'm Adam and Jamie's back from vacation. How you doing? How was your vacation?
3: Uh, It's great. It's uh, it was great. Um, I missed you. missed you guys. And um, I have a question for our YouTube audience. They could they could vote. Uh, Which of these things did Adam do? Uh, A. Forget which of us was on the show today in terms of myself, Dave, and Heath. Um, B, put me on the show today even though I asked not to be on the show. C, forgot to wish his son a happy birthday at open the show. Or D, all of the above.
0: I'm not... I wasn't going to wish him a happy birthday. on the. I've already wished him a happy birthday six times today. He's not going to listen. But... Uh... Yeah. Oh, great. Here's a guy who calls me numb, uh, numb blank back in chat, ripping on me again. Uh, Yeah, it is my son's birthday. I'm a little all over the place, but that's okay. Yes, I forgot. Dave is still on vacation. So I originally had him on the show today, but Heath is pinch hitting. I appreciate it. Um, And let's so today is a a fun show. If blank happens, then blank. When did
3: you tell Heath he was on the show? Well, what point did you realize? when dave texted me
0: and said i'm not here tomorrow
1: <laughs> what, what time was that last night eight o'clock i don't know something it like shows that. how old i am because i was in bed oh no when i received the text oh my god i wasn't asleep i was reading but i was in bed when i received the text okay
0: uh Ryan, you see what time it is now if in bed reading is older than being in bed <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah it's pretty old you had your reading glasses on your little reading i do not light? have any reading glasses i don't need them
0: Ryan Potter says, "How old is your kid? I have a four and a two-year-old. I also now have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. My son turned. Happy birthday, today. Andrew! Thank you. All right, let's. Uh, oh, did you know he does an impression of me? I swear to God, this is his impression. He puts his finger on his nose to give himself a mustache, and he goes." I'm daddy. I'm gonna go do a podcast. <laughs> so that's his impression. All right, here we go. So um your give me uh give me one of your favorite if-then scenarios. If blank happens, then blank. Jamie, kick it off.
3: Oh, I forgot the ones I sent you. Um great stuff. if Matt Ryan is not washed up, then Michael Pittman will be a top 10 wide receiver. That's a good one. It is a pretty
0: good one, and especially because you, when you wrote it, you wrote, "If Matt Ryan isn't washed," but on the air you said "washed up," which you know I prefer. So I thank you for that. Sure, uh, Michael Pittman last year, clean, you know, taking a shower, almost eleven hundred, uh, almost eleven hundred receiving yards, six touchdowns on one hundred and twenty-nine targets on a team that did not have a good passing offense. So we're hoping for more passing production there. Uh, if if Matt Ryan is not washed up, then Michael Pittman is a top ten wide receiver. Actually, a little controversy. Jamie moving Michael Pittman ahead of DJ Moore. And I said, No, don't do it. And he said, I'm doing it. I said, No, no, don't do it. And he said, "I'm. It's done. So that's controversy right Not there. Not done yet. In your mind, <laughs> it's done.
3: In my mind, it's done.
0: I don't think you should do it, though. But I'm going to. Heath, what about you, Pittman or DJ Moore? Oh, you have DJ Moore over the like DJ Cooper's like Cup. wide receiver
1: two for me now <laughs> yeah. and going up. <laughs> uh,
0: well, why? Because they both. You know they both have quarterback upgrades now so I wonder what what made you get get that excited about Michael Pittman that you're moving him ahead of DJ Moore.
3: Uh you know it, when I moved DJ Moore ahead of Michael Pittman I was a little kind of like I don't I don't love this. Um because first off the quarterback upgrade is better for for Pittman. There's less competition for targets for Pittman. Um I think the the hope would be they both score touchdowns but I think Pittman's got a better chance of finding, you know, closer to eight touchdowns than DJ Moore does. I would love to see both, you know, be double digits. Um, I just like the setup a little bit better for for Pittman. Um, uh, so I, I think both have a chance to be top ten guys. Uh, did I give you Baker Mayfield also? Yeah, yeah. A, so
0: this ties in, right? So yeah, uh, you want um, me to read it or you got it?
3: Uh, uh, yeah, uh, if, if Baker Mayfield is back to his 2020 form, then DJ Moore will be a top ten wide receiver. And so it's, I have faith in both of them. I just like the setup a little bit better for Michael Pittman. Okay,
0: so, uh, but, you know, can I give you a fun, small sample size? Baker Mayfield, does anybody remember what Baker Mayfield did in week one? He threw for 321 yards on 28 pass attempts against the Chiefs. He got hurt in week two. Played the rest of the season injured it was so bad. But, yeah, in 2020, and I think in 2019, he had two 1,000-yard receivers, Landry and Beckham. Um, Don't quite remember the receiving stats in 2020, but... Uh, yeah, so obviously those are two guys that uh, hopefully you can get in round three unless you're drafting with Heath and you have to take DJ Moore first overall. But um, maybe round three picks for DJ Moore and Michael Pittman. Maybe round four picks. According to ADP, Michael Pittman's still round four. I don't exactly know. It's hard to know where DJ Moore is going to go at this point. But
3: um, Pittman's my number one receiver on my Scott Fishbowl team.
0: Okay. All right,
1: Heath, give me a, an if-then scenario. If... Everyone who listens to our podcast goes to podcastawards.com and votes for our podcast in all of the different categories. Then Adam will be named best male host of a podcast.
0: That is actually incorrect. That isn't not a category. But we are nominated in 3 categories. We want you to vote for us and help us get to the next round. That would be best sports podcast, best male hosted podcast, and the People's Choice Award. Please vote for Fantasy Football today. It's actually really important to us. Please help us out. You have until the end of the month to vote, so I'm going to bother you for the next couple of weeks. Podcastawards.com or podcastawards.com slash app slash sign up. I'll put a link in the episode description, or you can scan the QR code right there in the top right if you are on YouTube at youtube.com slash fantasyfootballtoday. But podcastawards.com, you'll see links to the voting, and please vote for us in those three
3: categories. Really, really appreciate What else How you got, if we win one of the awards, there's three, right? Yep. If we win one of the awards, I'll do as many podcast leagues as I possibly can. I'll run them all. Wow. <laughs>
0: okay. Uh, yes, that'd be great. Um, and we can tie that in with St. Jude, I think, as well. We could do some bidding, but uh, don't hold me to that. But we'll try. Heath, For give everyone me, that give I, me I football said could
3: get a podcast league spot. I'll give them all away. All in. We so, got to win. Interesting.
1: Um. So I did something nice for Adam in nominating him for best male podcast host. So if Ezekiel Elliott stays healthy, Naheem Hines will score more PPR fantasy points than Tony Pollard.
0: What do you think about that, Jamie? If Ezekiel Elliott stays healthy, Naeem Hines will outscore Tony Pollard.
3: I am a Naheem Hines fan, so you know I I I can see it happening. You know, I, I think we're gonna see him involved heavily in the passing game as well. You know, we talk a lot about the Packers situation because the loss of Devontae Adams and what the receiving core looks like and Aaron Jones being the leader in receptions there, I don't think that Naeem Hines will exceed the reception total from Michael Pittman, but he might be number two. And so, you know, this is a, a high-volume uh, running back from a passing standpoint once upon a time already with Phillip Rivers. Um, I think I said maybe when I was when I doing our bold predictions or talking about this, that he could be in the top five of receptions at the position already. So wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, I just wonder like what level of health is Ezekiel Elliott? You know, is he the, the limping through the season like we saw last year, or is he full health like we see in these training camp videos that he, or these uh, workout videos that he's posting. Um, so you know, we'll, we'll we'll see, it's gonna be a fun fun decision. I have them very close already. I don't know where you are, Heath, uh, in terms of in PPR, um, Pollard and Naeem Hines. They're a couple spots away, ranking wise for me already.
1: Yeah, I've got Heinz projected for more points. I think I moved Pollard ahead because of the potential upside, but it's 32 and 34, so they are they are very close.
0: Yeah, I guess the question is, what is Tony Pollard's role when Ezekiel, Elfied, Ezekiel Elliott is healthy? Elfied. 10 to 12 <laughs> touches a game? Is, 10 to 12 touches a game, then how is Naeem Hines better
1: than that? Well, last year, Tony Pollard scored 10.6 PPR fantasy points per game for the entire season. Naheem Hines scored 12 in 2020, so we get twenty twenty to Naheem Hines. Oh.
3: Uh, okay. They, they are very much... <laughs> <laughs> I
0: mean, yeah, if, if everything works out exactly like that, but is Naheem Hines going to have 10 to 12? T- I, I guess you think he's going to have that many touches?
3: Well, no, he's probably not, but he's probably going to have five to six catches. Yeah. At, on average, I would say. Yeah, PPR. Per, per game. And I mean, then you factor in what he scores, six touchdowns in 2020? You know, so... Seven. Uh, seven touchdowns in 2020, you know. So you're you're talking about the touchdowns again. If 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 Zeke is healthy, probably similar, if not in the favor of Heinz, if it goes that way. And then the reception totals should certainly push him over. You know, the 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 upside for Pollard is if they do use him more in the passing game, but you know that's going to probably be at Zeke's expense. So we'll we'll see. I, I think Pollard's ceiling is probably higher, but I agree with. I'm, I'm sorry, if Zeke is healthy, yeah. but. I think I, that's the way I have not ranked as well. I, I have Pollard ranked higher just with the potential of what Pollard can be.
0: Okay. Uh, we have a live stream tomorrow, a live mock draft at 1 p.m. Eastern. You can watch it only at youtube.com slash fantasy football today. So if you're listening at home and you're not watching right now, there's more content for you if you head over to YouTube, youtube.com slash fantasy football today. That's 1 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday, a live mock draft. Time for a segment called Jamie and Adam made a bet. You backing out? Are you still, uh, still in?
3: The Kareem Hunt bet, yeah, the Kareem Hunt bet.
0: Why would I back out? Because yeah, you, because I feel like you've, you, feel like you're, you know, you're wrong. You know, you're gonna lose.
3: Well, I mean, first off, we're gonna know the stipulations <laughs> pretty soon once we get the Deshaun Watson news, but you know that will sort of determine how things go. But sure, you can lay out the scenarios, of the bet. Feel free. So I think it
0: was if Jacoby
3: Brissett. You can have your shirt too if you want to right now.
0: Jacoby Brissett and Kareem Hunt both play sixteen or more games. Fifteen. Fifteen or more games. Over, under 59 and a half catches for Kareem Hunt. Uh, before we say which side we're on, Heath, what would you take? Over, under 59 and a half catches for Kareem Hunt. Both he and Brissett play at least 15 games.
1: Under.
3: Yeah, me too.
0: Jamie, to you want to come on over to no, the i I'm,
3: No, I'm very comfortable with my side of the bet because, A, there's also the scenario of Nick Chubb getting hurt, and then I think it's an easy over. Well, because Chubb gets so many catches. No, nah, but you're probably No, right. but the, probably right. the additional additional playing time will lead to more catches from, as you called him, fantasy poison. me? yes
1: fantasy poison. How, how many did you say? 59 and a half. I think the number should be set a little lower. Not,
0: Jamie wants the over. I'm not setting it under. I'm not setting it lower than that. 54 no, I'm very would be a career high. You know what? Jamie's bold. Jamie's uh, doesn't, right. does, Yeah. You know. uh, I mean... Yeah, just not a great history in the NFL of Jacoby Brissett throwing to his running backs, but we'll see. Um, and yeah, I guess we'll get some news pretty soon. Heath, now it's time for me and you to have a little chat. Oh, a okay. new way to calculate touchdown rate.
1: Yes, I thought this was going to be about my uh, Russell Westbrook take, so I'm glad it's uh, it's about touchdown rate instead. Yeah, you know, I was just looking.
0: Because Aaron Rodgers stands out in terms of touchdown rate, right? I mean, always,
1: usually, very, very high. He and Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes, yeah. So I didn't have a chance to look
0: at at Wilson and Mahomes, but Rodgers has had some seasons. I'm going to look at 2015 right now. Twenty, somebody, I think your mic is a little wobbly, Heath. By the it way, it
1: is a little wobbly. Yeah, if you could, I don't it's know if you could fix bad, that. Bad storm moving through right now. Is that right? Yeah, <laughs> my house is shaking.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, you never know in South Florida. Uh, so, we, live, we live close enough to each other. I don't see that. Sure? <laughs> that, that, that fits in South Florida as well. That's true. Oh, it's uh, <laughs> rainy at Heath's house today. Uh, anyway, pass attempts. For, so for Aaron Rodgers, like 2015, he was 10th in pass attempts, but he led the NFL in pass attempts inside the 10-yard line. 2016 I think he also led the NFL in pass attempts or I'll tell you in one second but he was overall pass attempts Aaron Rodgers was uh he was fourth that year sorry so I guess it was probably 2014 I was thinking of mm. uh, and he was third in uh, in uh green zone pass attempts all right so my point is what this about
1: 2018 pa- This
0: past year he was fifth in pass attempts inside the 10-yard line, but he was 12th in overall pass attempts. I think when you have a guy who th- consistently throws the ball near the end zone, then we shouldn't be surprised when he has a high touchdown rate. What do you think?
1: Um, I do not have any idea what your, what your end game is here.
0: I'm just saying that we shouldn't necessarily just look at overall pass attempts. And yeah, it was 2014. Aaron Rodgers was 14th in pass attempts, but he led the NFL with 59 passes inside the 10-yard line. So that's how you have a high touchdown rate. You don't throw that much, but where it counts, you throw that much.
1: You know? Okay.
0: Doesn't that make sense?
1: But you said you wanted, you had a new way to calculate touchdown rate. No. I have a new theory. You have to come up with the way to actually calculate it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we should be too surprised if Aaron Rodgers has a high touchdown rate if he
1: doesn't throw that much but when it time
0: when it gets time to you know get near the end zone he actually does throw
1: more than almost anyone. And that, yeah, I think it's possible that quarterbacks who are really good get good get to throw more in the red zone than quarterbacks who aren't as good. And so the good quarterbacks might have higher touchdown rates.
0: Okay, I just want to throw that. I thought it was interesting. Say, so, oh wow, he's really pretty high up to be first in green zone attempts, while you're not even top ten in regular pass attempts two years in a row. It's pretty interesting. And last will year, will they was- have
3: that same trust? Not in him, but in his pass catchers down there. That's a great question. Especially that could when- be one of
1: the things that changes for the Steelers too. I, I don't know where Ben was, but. You know, the joke was always that uh, he never never let a running play stand in the huddle when he's inside the 10-yard line. <laughs> um, like, hmm. I wonder if they have more rush attempts now inside the green zone for Najee. Well, Heath will figure out a way to calculate all that. So we look forward to... <laughs> what is your goal? What would you like to find out? Expected touchdown rate? Like, how their touchdown rate compares to what you would think it would be? I don't have a goal here. I just thought it was interesting <laughs> that Aaron Rodgers consistently throws the ball near the end zone and it sort of explains that, that, his high touchdown that, that. rate. I'm, I'm going to take back what I say and um, what I said earlier and say I wish you would have just asked me about Russell Westbrook. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, injuries, news, and notes. Uh, Bob Condotta, sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, of the Seattle Times expects Rashad Penny to get 20 carries per game. He expects Penny to be the lead running back. Rashad Penny in the last six games of the season was on pace for 2,000 rushing yards per 17 games. He averaged 6.9 yards per carry, and he was absolutely incredible. But 20 carries per game sounds absurd. But bottom, you know, this is not the first time we've heard somebody speculate that Rashad Penny will be
3: the guy. So, what do you think, Jamie? What does this all mean to you? I mean, if he's healthy, he should be the guy. You know, why would you not? let him be the catalyst of the backfield there based on what he showed you last year, just because Ken Walker was added. I mean, it's more of an indication potentially on the long-term scenario of what Rashad Penny will probably be for Seattle. Clearly the injury history of what he's been for Seattle and the situation that Chris Carson's dealing with. But as long as Penny's out, like anytime somebody is drafting the Seahawks backfield, you're drafting Walker with the potential of him being the starter or Penny with the hope that he's going to stay healthy. But, Everything is, is is saying Penny's the guy until proven otherwise. And so it feels a little bit, I don't think it's going to end up with the same result, but it feels a little bit like James Conner and Chase Edmonds, where we were pushing the injured guy down way too much. And sure enough, he ended up staying healthy and being the better of the two. So Penny is still probably the better value. Although as we've seen, you know, every time we talk about ADP uh, it's kept, it's crept closer and closer and, Penny's moved ahead now, Walker.
0: I'm actually looking at NFC. It depends where you look, right? NFC ADP since July 1st, which is 68 drafts. Walker is 85th and Penny is 90th. Um, So... We're closer. Yeah, it's very close. No matter
3: where you look, it's close. And that's dropped for Walker because he was in the 70s.
0: I guess I just don't understand, you know, I don't want to fixate too much on this 20 carries, but if you were going to make Rashad Penny the main back and you drafted Ken Walker in the second round, why wouldn't it be you know, 13 carries to seven or something like that. You know, why wouldn't it be a split? I, I, how, why would you make Penny just this 20 carry back? That means a very, very small role for, for Ken Walker, you know?
1: I, how many times are they going to run it? Like there's no Russ anymore. They may finally get what they want. They're not going to pass at all. Uh, then you have to be, I
0: don't know with that team. <laughs> it's going to be tough, right? <laughs> but all right. Um, all right. Next news item is about Kenyon Drake. He will not be full speed when training camp starts today. Drake actually had 13 catches on 17 targets in his first three games and then only one game the rest of the season with more than three catches last year. He had a strange year, but he's not full speed right now. Is there any reason to draft Kenyon
3: Drake? I don't think you have to draft him. You know, I, I think if you're taking a backup for the Raiders, you're taking Zamir White with the potential of what he could be not only in tandem with Josh Jacobs, but if Jacobs goes down. Because he would probably be the the guy that they would, you know, I hope eventually turn to. You know, Drake would probably stay in the same role. So, if you're looking to handcuff Jacobs, probably Zamir White makes the most sense. James White was walking with,
0: according to ESPN, what appeared to be an uncomfortable gait. And this is a guy who, like Kenyon Drake, got off to a hot start catching the ball. James White had 12 catches on 13 targets in his first two games. Then he left week three with an injury. Brandon Bolden ended up with 41 catches last year for the Patriots to lead all running backs. Um, Heath, what's your take on on the Patriots pass catching running backs if, let's say, James White starts on the pup list?
1: There's a... I mean, Ty Montgomery's there, so that's a possibility. But I'd say there's a bigger path towards both Harris and Ramondre being um, flexish. Okay. Uh,
0: and Houston and Seattle seem like long shots for Jimmy Garoppolo, according to the Athletic. Be interesting to see if the Browns would jump into the mix. We'll, we'll see. And it
1: feels like he's just going to be the backup to Trey Lance, which makes you a little more scared about Trey Lance. If things go wrong. Yeah, it's true. But if you had a team like if Jimmy's okay with that, you got a team that you in the NFC Championship game last year. Might as well just keep him at this point.
0: And Kyler Murray has a solid chance to get a contract extension weird, before training camp starts, according to ESPN. We got a lot more if blank, then blank. If blank happens, then blank after this. So we'll take a quick break here on fantasy football today. Talk to you about Miles Sanders. Talk to you about some dynasty rankings, Mark Ingram, Ronald Jones. If blank happens, then blank right after this on fantasy football today.
2: Selling a little or a lot? I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: All right, here we go, guys. Jamie and Heath gave us some if-then scenarios earlier. Jamie said... A couple things. If Matt Ryan isn't washed up, Michael Pittman is a top 10 wide receiver. And if Baker Mayfield is back to his 2020 form, then DJ Moore is a top 10 wide receiver. Heath said if Ezekiel Elliott stays healthy, then Naeem Hines is going to outscore Tony Pollard in full PPR. Heath, you are on the clock. Give me another if blank happens, then
1: blank. If Alvin Kamara misses time, then Mark Ingram will be a must-start running back. And, yeah, he, he basically had two healthy games without Kamara
0: last Whoa, 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 You said no hold injury on. stuff.
1: Hold on. I didn't tell Heath that rule. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a lot of injury stuff because he did not mention that to me. You don't. Um, you don't.
0: Uh, no, okay. you know what? Yours is different. I, I didn't want the handcuff I, This was kind of what I was trying to avoid, but this is your only one, so it's fine. And this guy barely gets drafted. I mean, I'm, I'm doing Scott Fishbowl because I've taken forever to make my picks. You know, we're only in round 14, I think. But I believe in round 12, Mark Ingram was still on the board. And I think he makes a lot of sense for the Camara manager. But, all right, he played two games I, I, without Camara last year. Two healthy games. They didn't leave with an injury. He scored 21 points and 15 points in PPR. So, um, I guess counterpoint, Heath is Mark Ingram's 32, and maybe he just stinks and he wouldn't be worth starting. What do you think?
1: Well, we didn't see a lot of evidence of that last year. Um, now they could sign somebody else that would make you feel a little bit more like that, but we know that Mark Ingram takes very good care of his body and, uh, is is always in the best shape of his life. And (laughs) I got him in the 15th round of Scott Fishbowl, uh, first pick of round 15. So yeah, I I think like he's not going to be a top 12 running back probably, but I, I think the volume and the efficiency of that offense will make him a top 24 guy, probably a top 20 guy.
0: Jamie, let's do your Miles Sanders one. If Miles Sanders stays healthy, then he'll be a top 15 running back.
3: I mean, he's certainly shown you his ability to run the ball. Um, Once upon a time, he had a 50-catch season. I don't know if that's going to be in the cards in this offense with Jalen Hurts as a mobile quarterback and what they'll do with Kenneth Gainwell and obviously all the options in the passing game. But clearly the thing that we're looking at from Miles Sanders last year, which is the most frustrating thing from his season last year, aside from the the missed games, is the lack of touchdowns. He's going to score. He's going to have, you know, regression uh, to the point where, you know, if he can get somewhere close to seven, eight, maybe 10 touchdowns in an offense that's going to be much more explosive, you're going to regret passing on Miles Sanders. So he's missed at least four games each of the last two seasons. We'll find out if they're going to bring in somebody else to sort of supplement this backfield along with Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell. But I do think that if he stays healthy, you know, and what is uh, going to be, you know, a year where he's playing for money, it could be a big year for him. So um, the fact that he hates fantasy football (laughs) is going to make people shy away from him. The fact that he's, you know, struggled the last couple of seasons, you know, we've we've been very excited on this show for sure about Miles Sanders. You know, Adams even told him that to his face (laughs) once upon a time. Um, It was a dream come true for me. I, I, think, I think he's going to be one of the better value picks on draft day this year.
0: Let's see where Miles Sanders is going right now. And while I look this up, you might be surprised to know that Philadelphia running backs actually scored 15 rushing touchdowns last year. He just didn't have any of them, but he it's not like nobody scores rushing touchdowns except for Jalen Hurts. They had 15 of them, and unbelievably, Miles Sanders did not have a single one. He's going 84th, so he's going right where Ken Walker and Rashad Penny are going. So based on this report, we just heard, you know, would you take Penny
3: or Sanders? Sanders by a mile.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I also have Miles Sanders on my Scott Fishbowl team. I got him picked pick 96. Um, and it wasn't like it's not just a last year thing. He's got nine touchdowns on 480 carries over three years in the NFL. In that same stretch of time, Boston Scott has 13 on 228.
0: You and all against the Giants, too. You think that's just weird or you think that's purposeful? I think it's weird. And I think a lot of Boston Scott's touchdowns came without Miles Sanders. I, I can't tell you that for a fact, but I I mean, I remember looking at it. I think that's that mostly true. Yeah.
1: Which just brings up the fact that Miles Sanders does have sometimes a hard time staying on the field. Yeah, it's true.
0: Okay, let's do a couple more here. We'll do, we'll do them all, but let's talk about Deshaun Watson. Heath, if Deshaun Watson is suspended for the season, then no Browns pass catcher will be worth starting. This is from Heath. If Deshaun Watson is suspended for the season, then no Browns pass catcher will be worth starting.
1: Yeah, and I like every day, it feels like we get a piece of news that's, or news I should put in quotes, that um, makes me feel like more or less likely this is going to happen. Uh, but I, man, I, first off, like David Njoku and Amari Cooper are the only guys who we're really thinking about might be startable as pass catchers. And I think it's pretty easy to just rule Najoku out because he's a borderline guy. But Amari Cooper, his range of possible outcomes right now, just based on Watson's status, is enormous. And it has nothing to do – I mean, this whole situation has nothing to do with him. But if you told me that he and Watson were playing 17 games together, I think he's a top-12 wide receiver. If you tell me he's playing 17 games with Jacoby Brissett, I don't think he's in my top 40.
0: Just looking this up now, point for Amari Cooper – He's had some pretty good quarterbacks in his career. He's had, you know, Carr and Prescott for most of it, but he did have an eleven-game stretch in 2020 without Dak Prescott, and that included a Ben DiNucci game in which Amari Cooper had one catch for five yards. Uh, he wasn't bad. His uh, his 17-game pace based on those eleven games after Dak Prescott got hurt: 82 catches, 1,066 yards, six touchdowns on 116
1: targets. Think he can do that? No. Well, the difference is, like, even after Dak got hurt, they were still throwing the ball quite a bit. I can't even remember. That, 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 if if it's Jacoby Brissett at quarterback, I think the Browns might throw it twenty five times a game. Ugh. Jacoby Brissett, fantasy poison. Sorry, sorry, Jacoby.
0: It's just not uh, not good for fantasy. That was oh, that was Andy Dalton, right? It was Andy Dalton. Um who averaged, looks like, 33 pass attempts per game, but that, I don't know how how much he, I don't don't know how many he averaged in his starts, but he had 333 pass attempts in 11 games, but I don't know how many of those were partial games. Not all of those were starts, so probably more than 33 in his starts. Okay, uh, Jamie, here's a sort of quarterback one. If Trey Lance starts and Kittle and Ayuk stay healthy, then Debo Samuel won't be a top 10 wide receiver. So you have given us if-then scenarios where DJ Moore and Michael Pittman are in the top 10 if they get their good quarterback play. But if it's Trey Lance plus Kittle plus Ayuk, then Debo Samuel will not be a top 10 wide receiver.
3: I mean, first off, Debo doesn't want to play the same role that he played last year. you know. So let's cut his rushing attempts in half. I think it was, what, almost 60 rushing attempts for the season? Let's say it's closer to you know 25 to 30. Then you take away the production, what he did as a rusher. He was amazing just as a receiver alone. You know, over 1,400 yards receiving, seven touchdowns, still did a great job catching the ball. But that was with, I think, not a better passer, but probably somebody that was better for him. Not to say that Trey Lance can't do the same thing, but um, as you've noted, uh, a lot of his production early in the season came when Ayuk was in the doghouse and Kittle was banged up. And then when everybody was healthy, we saw the passing numbers decline a little bit. And so I still think Debo is going to be fantastic. I still think he's worth drafting in the first three rounds. I'm not taking him in the first two rounds because I'm concerned about these things. Uh, I think Trey Lance is going to run obviously more than Jimmy Garoppolo. We saw the two starts that Trey Lance made. uh, Debo's passing numbers, receiving numbers weren't as good. Um, His targets were down a little bit too. So I just think if you have everybody there and, you know, uh, Unproven passer, guy that's going to use his legs. I think Debo's going to suffer a little bit, so I'm not necessarily as high on Debo Samuel this year as I probably should.
0: No, I'm pretty sure Brandon Ayuk out targeted him in the last seven games of the season. Then they, they were yeah, forty three to thirty five. I have something like that. Um, and uh, you know that was obviously Debo Samuel was getting how many how many carries? Uh, a ton of carries, like eight a game or so. No, not not quite that many, but. Um, But, uh, yeah, Heath, do you agree with that? Trey Lance healthy. Kittle, IU healthy. Trey Lance starting. Kittle, IU healthy. Debo Samuel, not a top 10 wide receiver.
1: Yeah, I've got Debo 11th in my PPR projections. I rank him just a little bit higher because I move a couple guys behind. But, yeah, I, I absolutely believe with that. Now, it may be if he gives in a little bit to the rushing production, then he's still a top 10 guy in non-PPR where catches don't count. But I, I've i got volume concerns for sure If because I think – Like with Lance at quarterback, it might be less than thirty attempts per game. And then you've got Kittle and Ayuk taking a good share of those. Yeah, the question is do you draft Debo Samuel
0: expecting that scenario? Right now you expect right now we expect Trey Lance to be the quarterback, right?
3: Mm -hmm. Yes.
0: And right now we rank George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk as if they're healthy. But what what if you say, I'm not drafting uh Debo Samuel, and there's great reasons for it, as you just laid out. I'm not drafting him in round two. If he falls to me in round three, which he won't, uh, then great. But what happens if Kittle gets hurt? Kittle gets hurt all the time. (laughs) What happens if Ayuk gets hurt? Then are we just going to be passing up on a a league winner again? So do you you treat Debo Samuel on draft day as if everyone's going to play 17 games, as if you're doing a projection? Or do you try to factor in, hey... There could be some absences. Maybe it's a total of six games where Kittle and Ayuk miss. Maybe, and then he's just going to be a beast then, and and he's going to make up for it. You know, you know what I'm saying? How do you approach it?
3: I mean, I guess if you're playing that scenario, you also have to play the scenario of what happens if Debo gets hurt. So, how good can Kittle and Ayuk be as well? You know, but yeah, it, it's fair. You know, I mean, like you said, Ayuk, we thought was this potential superstar going into his second season and Kyle Shanahan didn't view it that way. And, and as you noted, George Kittle has a hard time staying on the field. You know, his points per game are always fantastic, but he misses time. And that, that helps other guys traditionally. But then you have the other wrinkle of the running numbers. You know, I think the, the draft selection of, of, you know, Tyrion Davis price is kind of indicative that they want another body back there and it might not be Devo Samuel. Um, that could be an indication of Elijah Mitchell and his injury concerns as well. It could be an indication of Trey Sermon and his struggle. So, you know, take that into account. But I think if Debo's not running as much, that takes away his ceiling. And then Trey Lance will take away his ceiling because he will run and take away a couple of target chances that, you know, happen. But there's a lot of other, other scenarios. Like you said, kill gets hurt, Ayuk gets hurt, Jimmy Garoppolo starts, yeah. and then Debo's in a, you know, kind of a better standing because of how the ball will be delivered to him.
0: Okay, and let's do let's go back to Heath's list here. If Ronald Jones gets 220 carries, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a two for one here. Two for one with running backs. All right. If Ronald Jones gets two hundred and twenty carries, then he will outscore Devin Singletary and Damian Harris. Two hundred and twenty is not that much, but if Ronald Jones get two hundred and twenty carries, he'll outscore Devin Singletary and Damian Harris. And if James Robinson is ready for week one, then Travis Etienne is going to be a bust. Jamie, which one do you believe in more?
3: A bust relative to where he's getting drafted or just a bust in general? Relative to where he's being drafted. Uh, I believe the Ronald Jones one more.
0: Okay, if Ronald Jones gets 220 carries, he will outscore Devin Singletary and Damian Harris. Okay, Heath, which one do you believe in more?
1: Uh, the Ronald Jones one, I believe, um, because James Robinson has Cam Akers Show, I mean, I don't know. I just thought of this twelve hours ago um, in bed. But the, the the camp, the James Robinson one, like he could be ready for Week One in a similar way to how Cam Akers was ready to come back last year, and just not have any success running the ball, and then ATN could get a bigger role. But I I have concerns that the people in the league view ETN as more of like a a specialty back and not a a 15-carry-a-game guy. And I don't know that there will be enough success in the passing game to justify his ADP if he only gets 8 to 10 carries. But like Jones had 192 carries in 14 games back in 2020 and turned it into 1,100 yards and 8 touchdowns. I think the Chiefs could have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL this year. I would not be surprised if they're a little bit more run-heavy than they have been in the past without Tyreek Hill. So if, and I don't think there's any doubt if Ronald Jones and Clyde are splitting at that rate that Jones is going to get the short yardage work. So 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns could absolutely come out of 220 touches.
0: Do you see, going back to James Robinson, do you see any scenario other than an ETN injury? James Robinson is a top 12 running back. He's just a great year.
3: It's so hard coming off the injury to envision him getting back to that level that quickly. Is there a
0: harder offense to
3: project on the Jaguars?
1: Um,
0: I think the Broncos are harder. But you know the Broncos have a great quarterback. You don't right. know what to expect. No idea what to expect from Trevor Lawrence. And you got a new head coach. <laughs> you got this. You got this running back situation here. I mean, it is tricky. Do you want to be invested in the Jaguars? You don't have to spend no. much other than the That's other than ETN. That's why more
1: difficult. I think. I think it's more likely I could miss out on somebody really, really good on the Broncos. I can mostly yeah. just ignore Jacksonville.
0: Yeah, but but then again, you can take Jacksonville other than ETN. You can take them later, right? You can take Christian Kirk later. You can take Trevor Lawrence. You, might be on waivers in some leagues. Um so I don't know. Um, sure. Yeah, Evan Ingram. Right. Uh all right, let's get to Jamie one here. Jamie so far has uh, has given us if Miles Sanders stays healthy, then he'll be a top 15 running back. If Matt Ryan isn't washed up, then Michael Pittman is a top 10 wide receiver. If Baker Mayfield is back to his 2020 form then DJ Moore is a top 10 wide receiver. And if Trey Lance starts and Kittle and Ayuk stay healthy, then Debo Samuel will not be a top 10 wide receiver. Jamie's last one is, if Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon stay healthy, then both will finish as top 15 running backs.
3: Well, I think, you know, first off, uh, anytime you, you truck a mascot and knock his head off, um, as A.J. Dillon did yesterday, that obviously gives you an, an additional, you know, probably 500 yards rushing and three touchdowns. Shows his capabilities um, for sure. I mean, we, we've we've talked a lot about Aaron Jones' role in the passing game when there's been no Devontae Adams, and you look at this receiving core again. You know, we're we're expecting a lot out of guys like Alan Lazard and Christian Watson and Sammy Watkins, and you know, either retreads or young guys that haven't done anything yet. But Aaron Jones has been so tried and true for Aaron Rodgers that he should be very productive in the passing game as long again as long as he stays healthy. He's not going to disappear as a rusher, so he certainly has the upside. As we you know, I'll uh, have him ranked to be a top 10 guy, if not better, potentially top five. Then Dylan, you know, as we saw at the end of last season, had three rushing touchdowns compared to one in the last, I think it's five or six games uh, of the Packers when Jones was coming back from injury. He was involved in the passing game to a certain extent last year, uh, did well when he had, you know, three-plus receptions, which didn't happen very much, I think it was four or five times, uh, but certainly showed the ability to be involved in the passing game as well. I don't think he's going to not necessarily disappear from the passing game or not be involved in the passing game. So whatever he does as a rusher, on top of what he has as a passer and what, you know, the combination of Jones, this team can really, really lean on these two guys to a significant degree. And I think the upside is certainly there for both of them.
0: There are three running backs in in the NFC average draft position that I'm looking at that are going between 57 and 60. So in a 12-team, like, oh, wow, I don't get this. I don't get this at all. This can't be – this must be an NFC thing because I expect AJ Dillon to be here. I don't know if I expect any of these other five other four running backs to be here. So, between 57 and 62, and this is important here because if you have the 12th pick or 10th, 11th, 12th pick and you're these guys could be available to you at the end of round 5. Look at this list of running backs. Antonio Gibson, JK Dobbins, AJ Dillon, Josh Jacobs, Elijah Mitchell. I feel like Dillon's the only one that I expected to be in that range. And, you know, I think this could be Let's on fantasy pros. Uh, Gibson's in the 30s, Jacobs is 41, Dobbins is 50, and Elijah Mitchell is 44. But Dylan is 60 on fantasy pros, 62 actually. So I feel like for most people drafting, that run is going to be not there at the end of round five. Uh, but Dylan, on the other hand, will be, and Kareem Hunt will be as well. Is that a good spot for him, the end of round five, for A.J. Dillon in a 12-team league? So 60th overall, right around there?
1: It's like a round higher than I have him, but I don't hate it.
0: Yeah, I I look for him in round five. Okay. All right, let's bounce over to Heath's list again. Oh, my favorite one. If Sterling Shepard is ready for week one, he will be the best wide receiver on the Giants. Sorry for burying the lead. If Sterling Shepard is ready for week one, he will be the best wide receiver on the Giants. Heath, uh, I, I did a little quick pro football reference math here. Uh, I saw the last 25 games that Sterling Shepard's played with Daniel Jones, not including the most recent one in which he left with an injury about halfway through the season. Uh, he was on pace for 99 catches over 1,000 yards, five touchdowns, and 137 targets. And so just many that, targets I mean- and
1: catches. I know you weren't including the most recent game he left with injury, but I'm certain you included several other games that he left with injury. I did, I, because, 100%. Yeah, yep. yeah, <laughs> you can't avoid them. Uh, <laughs> but there is a connection there with Daniel Jones um, that I think could be a problem for Like, – you're probably not drafting Sterling Shepard at this point anyway. We'll see if he comes off the pup during training camp but I think it could be a problem for Galladay and Tony if Shepard's there because I would expect Sh- Shepard to be Daniel Jones' favorite target if he's healthy because he always has been.
0: So if Sterling Shepard is healthy, does that mean we're just not drafting any Giants wide receivers?
1: I think people will still draft Tony and Galladay. I I will probably have Shepard first amongst the group.
0: Okay, couple more here from Heath. If Jalen Hurts makes improvements as a passer, he'll be in the QB1 overall
1: discussion. We already discussed that, and everybody here agrees with it, so we probably can just go through that one quickly. Yeah,
0: the discussion will be like, well, Jalen Hurts didn't finish QB1, but here are the other guys who did. No, I'm just kidding. I get you. No, I got gotcha. you. All right, uh, if J.K. Dobbins plays 15-plus games this year, he'll be a top-five dynasty running back by year's end.
1: Cool. Yeah, I uh, I think J.K. Dobbins is awesome. I just need to see him back to 100% again. And they, they spent the offseason last year talking about him catching the ball more than they threw their running backs more last year. So I think he'll catch a few more passes. And maybe the other thing is, like we've talked about this a little bit, but in Dynasty rankings specifically, there's a handful of guys currently ahead of Dobbins who are 26 or 27 years old who won't be uh, going in next year.
0: What are we hearing right now about J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards?
3: Nothing. That's the thing. We don't yeah. hear anything. I mean, the only thing that we've heard is Mike Davis was signed and they're still a little bit concerned about where they're they're at going into the start of the season. But, you know, that's one of the teams I can't wait to get the reports on because their beat writers are fantastic. You know, the guys that cover that team are awesome Um, and we'll get updates quickly uh, once we get to the start of camp a week from today. So uh, that's that's one team like I can't wait to get. Pup information, you know, are they going to be on the pup, off the pup, practice reports, you know, are they, you know, getting full go and in, in, in training camp reps, you know, that that's one one spot that uh, I know I'm I'm excited to hear about.
0: Yeah, because uh, you're, I guess you might see a little bit of a Dobbins discount, but you are getting a massive Gus Edwards discount. I mean, just. I feel like people really aren't drafting him. His ADP right now is 164th in NFC over the last uh, 18 days, and on Fantasy Pros and half PPR, it's 163rd. What did I say it was oh 164th on one side? 100. Okay, good. Well, that's reliable. Uh, I think he's still on the board in the 14th round in my Scott Fishbowl league. I went drafted him in, in the Scott
1: Fishbowl. You drafted uh, him too, round 19. Yeah,
0: I, I have Dobbins, so I might. If he's still there, I'll I'll draft him later. I'll draft Edwards later.
3: He will he will be one of the biggest risers and probably quickly if he's not on the pup and Dobbins is and Dobbins yep. stays on the pup if we get until the middle of August.
0: What was your favorite Scott Fishbowl pick from your squad?
1: I don't know. Okay, good segment. Um, <laughs> oh, I'll just like Brandon... My, no, I really loved Miles Sanders at the end of round eight. Okay. Because I McCaffrey was the only running back I had to that point. And I'd built Cousins and Brady and Evans, DJ Moore and Cooks like I, I, and Godwin. I was really solid. And then I Miles Sanders was still there at the end of round eight. So everything was okay.
3: I had a, I had a tough decision. Um, and I'm picking third. So it was coming back to me with two picks to make in the next six picks. Um, of James Cook, Ramondre Stevenson, and Alexander Madison. And I didn't have any, at this point, any teams with Stevenson. So I'm like, I'll, I'll take him first and see what happens coming back to me. Not expecting both of them to be there. So I took Stevenson and then they both came back to me. And I was like, you know, I have so many teams already with Madison, even though, obviously, he's such a difference maker. I'm going to pass on Madison. And I took James Cook. And Madison nearly made it back to me again <laughs> the following turn. Uh, it went like two picks in front of me. I was like, oh, my God, I might get all three of them. Uh, but I was happy with those two.
0: You already have that many teams that you're playing out. Uh, I
3: have five or six already, yeah. yeah. And Madison on all. <laughs> I think my favorite
0: pick was MVS in round 13. Was that cool. the one you
3: auto-picked because you used no. the low clock?
0: I auto pick was Devin Singletary, and I would have taken Tony Pollard. Uh, he went one pick later but i fine with devin singletary yeah. people hate my team but I, I like my team you can see i tweeted about it i won't even i it hate
1: out. the way that you share your team like everybody else has these
3: beautiful graphics or shares yeah. off of their actual page he doesn't know how to do that guarantee he doesn't know how to do it
1: he, he writes their names with commas okay. yeah so it, I, it drove me crazy last year and it's even worse this year why don't you do it the way everybody else does it do i have to do that on my phone you can do it on your phone yeah you well, I, on, your, on, your, on your on your computer do you so how team? am I doing that on my computer? Taking a screenshot? No. no. Do you know how to take a screenshot of your computer
0: screen? Every time I do a screenshot, no, I have to Google it. <laughs> all, right, all right, just
3: just tell me what all your passwords are right now, <laughs> and I'll do it for you. Oh man. Okay, mm. uh, let's read some emails here. Although mm. I do- uh, by the way, speaking of Tony Shepard, Giants news today it just happened. Yeah. The guy you left out, since you only care about Galladay and Kader Tony. If, Wandell what, Robinson signed his rookie deal.
0: Uh, oh, huge. I'm so sorry. I, well, I didn't want to bring this up cause I know Heath wasn't supposed to be on the show today and neither was Jamie, but we are doing a Wandell Robinson bonus podcast
1: after FFT <laughs> today. Also Is you and Dan and Devontae Smith together, right? God,
0: let's uh, let's read some emails, but Jamie did start stranger things. So how far into season four are you? I watched two episodes last night. So excited. what do you think? You like it so far? Yeah, of course. Oh god, it's just so good. You're in you're in luck. You have a terrific week of watching ahead of you. All right, this is from Dan. Dan said Danny P. Who do I keep, Derrick Henry or Justin Jefferson? It's a 10-team league and it's full PPR and you have to start three wide receivers plus a flex. Any penalty? First round pick, which would be number 10 overall.
1: Jefferson.
3: Uh, man, I'll say Jefferson to be in agreement with Heath. I
1: mean, the, the obvious question that's next is how long can you keep them? <laughs>
0: I don't know
3: that, but <laughs> I, that yes,
1: that would me. make
0: things easier. So you guys are saying Jefferson over Derek Henry. This is from Jake in KC. Dear Jim, Kevin, Nick, and Ernest B. Browns running backs. Or Backstreet Boys? I can't quite tell. I have D'Ernest Johnson on the back end of my dynasty roster. We're allowed two extra roster spots over the summer until IR designations are made before the season. So is it worth picking up Jerome Ford and holding him as long as I can through the preseason? I don't have Chubb or Hunt, but it seems like there could be opportunity for a number three there to move up at some point in a dynasty setting.
3: I can see a situation where teams come calling the Browns for a running back, if there's an injury in camp, or they don't like their depth because Kareem Hunt, they're not going to pay him next year. He could be somebody that they, you know, get probably better compensation for. But obviously, Dearness Johnson, you've heard his name mentioned as well. Um, so yeah, if you can, if you can carry them, why not? Jim, Kevin,
0: and Nick might be the Jonas brothers.
3: No, it's Browns running backs. Jim Brown. Yep. Nick Chubb. Who's mm-hmm. Kevin?
0: Falk. Yep. Who is it? Who is
1: it? Who's Kevin? You guys not hear me? What happened? Where's Kevin? No, we just don't know, so we're not saying anything. Oh, uh,
3: uh, um, when they lost to the Broncos, who were the two running backs that they had then? I the think
0: Ernest Byers. Or Ernest Byers, right? Is that his right. name? and what was the other guy? Um.
3: Oh, that's a good question.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Heath, get on that. You you, you guys are the old ones who read books. Kevin Mack? Oh, sure. Uh, I'm going to go Jonas Brothers. All right, this is a question about Juju from Matthew. I took over a dynasty team in in a 20-team dynasty league. Yikes. Uh, My current wide receivers are Lamb, Mooney, and Bateman. Would you trade... The two point one pick, so I guess that would be twenty first overall in the rookie draft for Juju Smith Schuster.
3: Oh yeah. Yeah. You're giving up twenty one to get Juju. Yeah. Uh, so twenty. It's a one QB.
0: League? Not sure. But I do know how long you can keep them. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I guess you take the chance on what Juju is better than 21. Maybe like Jay
1: Tolbert or somebody there.
3: Right. Alec Pierce, David Bell, those type of guys.
0: All right, that's it for today's show. Uh stick around on YouTube for the Wandale Robinson episode and also, <laughs> also Fantasy Football Today in 5. I uh, remember we have a live stream coming up on Tuesday at 12. Oh no, 1 p.m. Eastern. Sorry, 1 PM Eastern. YouTube.com/slash/football today. Thanks, everybody. It's great to have Jamie back. We'll have Dave back later this week. It's great to have Heath on. As always, thank you guys for stepping up. Uh, appreciate it. And we'll talk to you all tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today.
2: It only takes two minutes of sheer horror. A new
1: Paramount Plus original docu-series. We were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly
2: women. Cold-blooded killer, hidden in plain sight. He was suffocating people with the pillows, leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it happen?
3: Well, I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up.
2: Pillowcase murders now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus.